The vision received was that of blood cells traveling throughout the body supplying the much needed oxygen and other nutrients to the differing members of the body to fulfill their purpose. Once the blood cells are spent, they must return back to the heart to be refilled before being sent out again and fulfill their purpose. Would you say there was, you know, before they went to high school, because they did eventually go to public schools, and that was only until ninth grade. Um, We weren't, yeah? Starting in ninth grade. Yeah, starting in ninth grade, each one of them. Um, But during along, along that way, we had some struggles because we didn't, we weren't maybe fully supported or, or we were just having trouble. Um, um, I, I don't know, just getting a sense of, uh, there was a lot of tug and pull mm-hmm. in regards to, they need to be going to school. They're not getting enough socialization. They're not getting this. They're not getting that, you know? And, and I think you were battling with it more than I was, you know, to be honest with you. Um, but I think it was good that I, I kind of stayed even keel on it because I think you kind of realize, hey, it's okay. You know, my husband's not having a big issue with it. Okay, it's okay. Um, I think one of the things that, that we noticed is that, you know, a lot of kids, a, a lot of parents, you know, some of the struggles that we had during while we were in Georgia is that we were too strict. We were too firm. And I'm like, okay. So we're being too strict. We're being too firm. We're not letting them do this. We're not letting them do that. We're not exposing to this. We're not exposing to that. And yet when I look at your children compared to our children and how they behave, how mannered they are, your kids are off the wall. And then our kids are not off the wall. These parents are, are, are very enamored with how they're behaving, how they're, how they're acting there. And then, these are not. And so we always had that, that pulling back and forth. Like we're not letting them out enough. We're not letting them do this enough. And I think we were um, in some ways keeping them in a protected atmosphere, if you will. Um, but I, at least for me uh, as, as, as a father, um, as an individual for myself, I had experienced so many things early on in my life that I didn't want my kids to be exposed to what I was exposed to early on in my life. Well, I and mean, so I, I didn't mind not without... exposing them to certain TV shows, right, to right. certain movies, you know, to certain music, to certain this, to certain that, because I knew that if you feed them too early when they're too immature to handle that type of subject matter, it could lead to very dire consequences in them later on because you tried to give them something that they couldn't handle early. Well, I I would just say, without comparing to what anybody else thought about us or what was going on, um, you know, when when God tells you to do something and and we were being very careful to hear the Lord on everything we did with our children, Mm -hmm. you're always, there's always going to be people that don't understand what you're doing. Um, they may not have the same perception of things that you do. Some of them just are not in, in the faith. So that's, a, uh, you know, given that you're going to have that. When you're in the middle of it, it's hard. It, it, it was hard for me because I always cared what other people thought about things. Um, God has worked on me in that regard over the years. 
um, so that I'm able to encourage other people to go with, you know, make sure that you're hearing God. In terms of our children, even our children sometimes charge us with the fact that we sheltered them too much and then they ran into things. But balance that out, you know, they also recognize that there was a, a level of innocence that was maintained in our in our home and a fear of the Lord that was maintained in our home. And of course, you know, when you go out, that's going to get tested. But I think that we can both agree that that was what we were supposed to do. And we absolutely feel that we did exactly what the Lord put on our hearts to do for the for the season they were with us. Um, you know, they did run into the socialization challenges that kids have in school. Yep. Um, and it was harder for them to navigate because they hadn't grown up in it. But um, they weren't damaged or wounded from the past having experienced that because you could argue that both ways. I see children that have been raised up all the way through and they're tough in a sense or street smart, but they're still wounded and still hurt and still have gone through things and been exposed to things that didn't necessarily need to be. So, you you know, there's a, there's a balance. There's a lot of broken families in the, in the, the well, we see a lot of broken families. So I know for, for us, we're both very clear and, and comfortable and at peace with how we raised the children. And we always want to be uh, an encouragement in the area of what we said earlier. You must be involved with your kids. You must be a big part of, they must, your life and theirs must be very, uh, I believe, you know, very, uh, what's the word, protective, like kind of like the way the Amish families run their family, you know, the old fashioned way, the, the strictness needs to be there because God is that way with us. He's not Mr. You know, Oh, let me just let you do whatever you want. And people want to portray him that way, but no, he is a shepherd with a staff. The staff is there to pull us in when we're getting out where we don't need to be, but he, he, he keeps us in a protective environment and he lets us venture out and make decisions. And sometimes live with the consequences of our decisions, but then draw us back and, and restore and heal. And I think that was our heart with our children, which is what, you know, shepherding a child's heart, dealing with the issues of heart that were coming up. And did it turn out perfectly for us? Absolutely not. We nope. went through a lot of um, different challenges with each child. Turmoil, um, heartache. Turmoil, heartache, lots of, you know, um, disappointment. Um, but there is a peace in knowing that we have done everything that we're supposed to do. And now, you know, when we pray, it's like, you know, they, they're God's children. So I don't know if I went a roundabout way of saying to be, I'm very careful not to compare or to, um, I guess, you know, in hindsight, looking back at the challenges at the time, I wasn't too happy with them um, because they were not just once said, but sometimes many times said, and then I can look at it as, well, that was a way for me to solidify in my faith, to have mm -hmm. to continue walking out something that God put in our hearts. And yes, Jay was absolutely a spine in that because sometimes I would waver, not because I thought I wasn't supposed to be doing what I was, what God had put on our heart, but because I was so concerned about what everyone thought about what we were doing, about what God had put on our hearts. So um, I thank the Lord that he got us through that and, you know, it, it it, I am very thankful every day that I, I got to, that we got to raise our kids the way we did. And I got to homeschool them. That was, that's a big blessing 
in my life forever. Yeah. Going back to, uh, you know, Ted's trip, Ted Tripp's book, uh, Shepherding a Child's Heart. I think that's one of the things that, uh, it was that in the scriptures because I was in the Bible at the time. Um, my experience, which I try not to base everything that I do based upon my experiences, but if I have some bad experiences in my life, I'm going to try to not have that um, as best as I can. I'm going to try to keep my children from experiencing those bad exposures of influence. Um, but one of the things that I was never exposed to from my parents was being disciplined. That, that really didn't happen in my family. My dad never once, never once laid a hand on me, laid a belt on me. Never. It, it just, for, you can ask him why, you know, uh, he didn't do that. But I could just say that I never experienced that from my dad. And the one time, <laughs> the one time, it's only one time that I experienced that from my mom was uh, we lived in Florida. Um, th there was a hill from our house that we went up to to go to like a little market up there, up on the hill. And she had a v Volkswagen uh, little bug that was a stick shift. And uh, she went up there to get something and she went out the car. And I guess I was fiddling with the stick shift. And I think it was in neutral. And then it started creeping down the hill, creeping down. And it was going down the hill and I was in the passenger seat. And it, luckily there was a big garbage dumpster right there and the car just hit it. You know, so it rolled, rolled, rolled and then it stopped. And I think she came out and she was freaking out and she belted me when I got home. That's the only time I ever was, was laid a hand on. So um, disciplining children was not in my experience. And I really didn't think about disciplining children until I had children. And the overriding factor that changed in me um, was reading the scriptures and knowing that if I spare the rod, I'm going to spoil the child. If... If the father says, um, you know, the, the, the father that withholds the discipline of the child doesn't love the child. That changed me. Mm -hmm. The word changed me where I realized I may not like disciplining my children, but for their sakes, I need to discipline the children. And so that meant having to have a paddle of some kind. Um, that was not... Uh, uh, that was not an enjoyable thing for me that I had to get over because it was, it was, it was almost as if God was putting in my, in, in my path, choose life or choose death, choose never to, 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 to discipline your children like you've experienced or choose to discipline your children. And what Ted Tripp's book helped me out with was how to administer discipline in a way that still demonstrates my love for them and that I'm not doing this out of some sadistic enjoyment of disciplining them. And even when I did discipline, it was, I disciplined them, but then I wanted to take them in and say, it's over. I'm, I'm not doing this out of anger and don't ever discipline your children in anger. Never do that because that's not the purpose of discipline, but it's, it's a corrective measure because God is trying to form himself in them. And if you don't discipline them 
then they keep going more and more wild, more and more without any type of thing that would cause them to hold back because what what's in the heart of a child? Foolishness. They don't know any better. They don't know that they should respond in a more respectful manner, that they should talk in a more respectful way, that they should approach in a, some sort of respectful way, that they should uh, obey when they're told. How, how is it that they obey with... Uh, cheerful what was it it was um immediate immediate obedience um with a good ad with a cheerful cheerful heart and no murmuring or complaining no murmuring or complaining and stuff like that that. it was something like that um and we made them repeat that whatever something was yeah and and so disciplining them was something that as an individual father i had to kind of overcome that and realize i'm gonna go against what i was raised in because I have to place the word of God as my final authority, not what I've experienced. Um, did you have to go through anything like that as a mother that you had to learn through the scriptures that I've got to do this or, 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 or not do this? I mean, I was disciplined as a child, but probably... Well, it doesn't have to be with this. It could be with anything. No, I was disciplined. Um, some of my siblings take take exception to that, but I... Um, and at the time I probably did too, but in hindsight, as when I came to the faith, I realized that God used that to protect me. Um, and you know, from, from the things that I, I did sometimes, you know, when we're not in the faith or we're not yielded to the Lord, we're going to discipline in the wrong way. So that definitely transpired in my life. And I was always concerned about, um, walking in anger with me though, I think the kids had a system and um, they they would find ways around, um, you know, according to what they tell me now, but they would find ways around how to cry just at the right moment and <laughs> stuff like that. Yeah, we found that um, out later. I had a few kids. I had my son would not, he was staunch, you know, hard to, um, he was, by golly, he was not going to show it, shed a tear. And then I had one who would cry before I even touched her. Um you know, because she was, that was her tactic, but it didn't work. And her older siblings were trying to tell her, you need to wait because <laughs> you need to tie that her right. right that would just make me madder. <laughs> um, you know, she'd be screaming and jumping around before I even, before she even got her discipline. Um, but I think it was important to uh, administer that with them. Um, you know, there, there, there was, um, there were times I think that I know for me that I was broken because I feel like I, I know I got in the flesh on a couple of things. Um, if I, I know one particular incident where somebody lied to my face and then the other child uh, knew that she had done something wrong too, but so she just sort of played dead. So she wouldn't get the anger that her first sibling got. Um, the, then I would have to repent from reacting you know, in anger. Um, so anger and frustration, frustration. Um, I think that, I think one of the hardest things as a parent that I had that kind of broke me, um, is when I would look at my children and I would see my own weaknesses in them. My, frailty, my, um, my fallenness in them. 
and I couldn't do anything about it. Right. They lied. Yeah. <laughs> they covered up. They stole. I'm now making up stuff. Uh, you know, they, they, they took, you know, things and then quietly didn't say anything or, or, you know, they did things that either I did or do. And that was one of the things that I struggled with as a parent. Because even though I'm just as guilty as they are, because I'm a parent, I still need to deal with it. And I, I kind of felt like, um, kind of like a hypocrite. And I think it was the enemy trying to throw that at me so that I would not deal with situations the way God wanted me to kind of hold me back and say, well, you know, don't, don't say anything because then you'd be a hypocrite. Don't, you know, um, but it, again, it, it's that, are you going to obey me or are you not going to obey me? There, there's consequences to either one. And so I guess as a parent, I was learning that I have to implement the word even if I personally don't feel like it's the right thing to do or I didn't experience life that way. So I had to elevate the word of God over my own thoughts because I knew in the scriptures that my ways are not his ways. My thoughts are not his thoughts. I mean, and, and so when I started getting into the scriptures regarding the gospel, regarding how to respond to it, regarding, you know, what, how do you obey this? You know, that's where that, that because of what I was going through with my family, because I was learning from the scriptures, I had to realize that it's not my bright idea that's going to save me. God has a certain way that he wants his people to be, to mm -hmm. deal with situations. And if you trust him, he will show himself faithful to you, even if in your flesh you don't feel like comfortable with it. Right. And you've got to do that in your life because that is how you retrain yourself. That is how you allow the word of God to renew your mind. You have to have your mind renewed, not just simply renewed, but renewed by the word of God. Right. So when he speaks to you and he says, this is how you need to deal with the situation. This is how you need to approach it. You know, that's why Ted Stripp's book was so helpful to me because it, it kind of helped me understand you never discipline in anger. You discipline in love. You discipline and you explain. And you help them understand this is the consequence of what you did. And it develops in them, when you do it right, when you do it God's way, it develops in them a fear of the Lord. Mm -hmm. What does the fear of the Lord cause you to do? To turn away from evil. Right. So I realize disciplining now is a deterrent from something dire, uh, some catastrophe that could happen in their future that they would be more uh, uh, reserved in, in acting out because they realize, oh, there's consequences. I don't want those consequences. Mm -hmm. And it's very eternal because the things that we do in this life have eternal consequences. And so the, the things that we do in this life are, are eternally important, but we've got to just apply them rightly. It's rightly dividing the word, uh, if you will. Um, and we haven't been perfect at it. Uh, God knows. We haven't been perfect at it. 
I don't know if it's because we have Hispanic blood in us, <laughs> you know, that we can get testy, we can get fiery, we can get, you know, where we lose, you know, you know, some control. I, I, I'm sure that other, you know, ethnicities, you know, deal with that at some point. Um, but God, in spite of our imperfection, has been faithful. Uh, not, not just to us, but also to our children. Um, and I think they are seeing the fruit of it now. Um, I know that as a, a, a father who, who was involved in the ministry for, for, for many years, obviously still involved in the ministry, um, but I didn't want to be that father that um, I guess was so involved in the ministry that he forgot his first priority. Um, one of the things that I, I have discerned from the scriptures is there was a distinct difference in the ministry of Paul and Peter. Peter had a wife, we know. It doesn't say he had children, so I don't, I don't know if he had children, but he definitely did have a wife and he had a mother-in-law and he seemed to be taking care of his mother-in-law as well because whenever you saw Peter, you know, something was going on with his mother-in-law. His mother-in-law was sick and Jesus came and, and, and healed and all this stuff. So he had a family of sorts, okay? Paul didn't. Paul wasn't married. Paul didn't have children. And if you look at their lives in the ministry, they're, they're radically different. Peter stayed local. I happen to think that maybe one of the reasons why he stayed local is because he was married. He did have a family. I don't know whether he had children. I'm not saying that, but he did have a family because when you have a wife, you at least have a family. And that family seems to also encompass his mother-in-law because we've heard about his mother-in-law several times in the scriptures. But Paul didn't have that. So Paul's ministry was different. That's why he, I believe, why he traveled. And he was free to travel in many different regions, in many different places in Asia Minor, to do the work of the Lord. And so I think sometimes that ministers can maybe not see that there's a difference in those two types of ministry. One where you're married, you can still serve the Lord in ministry when you're married. And you can still, obviously, Paul even said, you can serve the whole the Lord a whole lot better if you're single. He said there's nothing wrong with being married. But if you're single, you're free to serve the Lord. Whereas if you're married, what? You have a responsibility to your wife, to your family, to your children. And I didn't want to be that type of person that goes fully into ministry as if he was single. Because I have a family and my first ministry is to you. It's to the Lord, but my ministry starts where? In Jerusalem, and then Judea, and then in Samaria. Well, for me, Jerusalem is my marriage. Judea, my children. Samaria, you know, our, our grandchildren, if you will, our, our extended family, if you will. And that's how ministry should be. But there's there's some that don't do that. But I... I wanted to be that that person that that father that was involved in his children's lives and not be thought of as you know for instance in politics 
you're going to go run for governor, you're going to go run for president, and you have children, you're gone. Now, you, you may have done a thing that you felt you needed to do as a governor or as a mayor or whatever, you know, that brought you out of the house. But it, if it brings you out of your house to such an extent that your children don't mem remember you being involved in their lives, I don't think that's of the Lord. Um, I, I think both the mother and the father need to be equally involved and equally in, influential in their in their children's lives because the children need a father and a mother. They need both. They, they need to be balanced. Um, and I bring something as a father that you can't bring as a mother. And you bring something as a mother that I can't bring because I'm a father. I, I just have a different role, which then goes back to the last podcast um, you know, about our father's heart for family and ministry. Um, I think there's many in the church over the last 40, 50, 60 years, and we could talk about the historical events that have happened that have caused this, but they have left being quote unquote Christian, their first love or their first responsibility, especially if they have a family. And they've left that for something else, and it's caused the slow dissolving of the family that we see readily right now uh, in our in our society, and how it's affected the the fabric of society is dissolving before our eyes, and it's because the family has been attacked. You know, first, obviously, the man has always been the one to go out into the marketplace to work to bring home the bacon, if you will, but over the last 50, 60 years because of the feminist movement, now the woman's going out of the house. And when the father and the mother are out of the house, well, who's raising the children? Because neither one of them. And so our children are then shoved off into public schools, and then that's who's raising them. Well, as you can see from the last year or so, what they have been teaching our kids and all of these uprisings and all of these influence that they're feeding into the children are not godly. Um... They, they're bringing about more and more damage um, into the family because many families don't know how to be a family that is led divinely by godly principles that need to be instituted in the family so that they can be successful. Um, so, you know, when the... my. My kids uh, just kind of celebrated my, my birthday recently. And one of the things one of them said was that they were so thankful. Um, I wish I could get it now, but um, they were just so thankful that I set that example of a father in their lives. Mm -hmm. um, I didn't do it to receive glory and adulation. Um, but it's nice to know that they appreciated it, mm -hmm. um, that it meant something to them. Because when we instill that in them, I hope for their sakes, and when they raise up their own families, that they remember that, mm -hmm. that that was what they needed as children. I don't think we ever made our children the centerpiece of our of our lives, like we revolved around them. 
Um, but I, I do think that because of the decisions that we made early on as a family, homeschooling, whether they have a job or not have a job, um, I think it was important that they realize you are an important and vital part and a part of my love for you is my service for you. And that service entailed training, disciplining, educating, especially in the word, which you didn't like and you didn't want to go through and you got tired and, you know, all of that stuff. I think that was immensely important for them. And I think that for uh, those that are in the family of God, that realization that all of the other things in the world and the responsibilities that you have in the world pale in comparison to the responsibilities that God has given you. They have to take precedence and priority. Thus is the ministry of our Father's heart through us. Our utmost desire is to be in the Father's heart, to know the Father's heart, and express the Father's heart to you. If you appreciate listening to this podcast and were blessed, pass it along to someone else by text, email, or word of mouth in the hopes that they might be positively impacted as you were. If you are interested in supporting our efforts, we would ask you to consider the following. One, pray for us. Two, leave a positive rating or review with whomever you listen to our podcast with. And three, if you desire to contribute monetarily, you can do so at paypal.me slash jbenjesus or you can cash app dollar sign jbenjesus or you can venmo at jbenjesus that's j b e n j e s u s god bless